Welcome to Vision of Zion. Today is Monday, April 17th. I have on the phone with me, Sean White. Good morning, Sean. Morning, Greg. Today, we've decided to discuss Isaiah chapter 4. We know that we're doing these out of order, but eventually we'll put them in order in another format so that people can follow through all 66 chapters of Isaiah chronologically or sequentially, I guess I should say. Sean, should we go ahead with our usual method and I will read the verse and then we'll go to your commentary? Sure, that'd be great. I'd like to read the head notes from both the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints scriptures, both online and printed, as well as uh, Avram Gileadi's uh, head note here. So the church says that this chapter deals with Zion and her daughters will be redeemed and cleansed in the millennial day, compared to 2 Nephi chapter 14. And then Avraham's translation, he says, in this in his day of judgment, Jehovah preserves alive those whose names are inscribed in the book of life. So a little different emphasis on these only six verses. And then what I saw of this, and I think it helps us to take this more in context in comparison to my walk with Savior stuff, is this chapter is an overview of a two-year period of time after we have taken America back from the king of Assyria. So after this first war is over um, in taking back our liberty in this nation, then this chapter unfolds here. Good point. And Isaiah chapter 3 talks about the tribulations and the humbling that will go on. And then, of course, this is the after that period. Let's read the first verse. We'll be reading from Avram Gileadi's translation once again. Seven women will take hold of one man in that day and say, We will eat our own bread, wear our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our reproach. This verse is, I know, one of the most hated verses by women because I I think it's because they don't understand the context and everything. Uh, if you'll think back to our podcast on December Raid, and see how this situation starts to arise in that many men are killed and uh, left behind with mainly children and with some women. And then you think about the time period where we are have fought to get back our country and everything, and we're now starting to move towards New Jerusalem. And there are fragmented families all over the country and we bring these families together for protection and safety and to have a sense of connectedness and spirituality to pray and worship together. And so these units of families become quite large. At times I've seen like 20 kids in a family with like a wife and I think of these seven women as being like sisters in the family, sisters to the wife. And they're really not trying to procreate and create more children at this time. They're just trying to have a unit where they can have the priesthood within that family and they can pray and worship together. And when we think of it in this way, and which is really what I saw with my walk with the Savior at this time, 
then you know you can get rid of this all this fear and everything that comes from thinking about plural marriage at this time and uh it, it's quite beautiful in that sense let's go to verse two in that day the plant of jehovah shall be beautiful and glorious and the earth's fruit the pride and glory of the survivors of israel because of many crop failures, droughts, store closures, and uh, things that the little, the few plants that we are planting and cultivate become glorious, and uh, they are. We're just treasuring the things that come forth from this. Okay, verse three. Then shall they who are left in Zion, and they who remain in Jerusalem. Be called holy, all who were inscribed to be among the living at Jerusalem. Zion and Jerusalem here are referring to New Jerusalem and Old Jerusalem, meaning the two centers where people will gather towards and uh, try to go to see Christ. So after the tribulation or extreme trials of the people's faith, and they are deemed worthy to meet Christ face to face. This is where we're at. So we've got to remember that one of the important words here, it says the word who the, who remained, but the word remnant is a really important word uh, that I have found in the scriptures relating to both the events leading up to some of these judgments and then who's left after the judgments. Uh, the Lord has promised since the time of Abraham that a remnant of the seed of Abraham would always be on the earth. And even though there are going to be cleansing processes here that we're reading about, in the aftermath of it all, we're going to have uh, people who are largely righteous and who are remaining to be left to build up Zion, as described in 35 chapter 21. And of course, we have it here as well. Let's go to verse 4. This shall be when my Lord has washed away the excrement of the women of Zion and cleansed Jerusalem of its bloodshed in the spirit of justice by a burning wind. So here we're seeing that um, all those have sought to do evil. I know we can get hung up on this word excrement of women, but really we need to think of it as the whole of the earth. And um, we're getting rid of all those who have, no matter what has happened, they're seeking to still do evil. And we think of Jerusalem, and we finally have the Battle of Armageddon there, and it takes seven years to clean up after the Battle of Armageddon. And so the blood and all those that have desired to do evil and killing to get gain and things are cleansed off this earth. And we're cleansed of all iniquity, you know, and some are burned and blow away but the justice has come and come to terms with all of this and that allows us to have the earth ready so we can see the savior face to face a lot of what's in isaiah 4 frankly is kind of the equal and opposite description of what's in isaiah chapter 3 which we'll go over some other time all right let's go to verse 5 over the whole side of Mount Zion and over its solemn assembly, Jehovah will form a cloud by day and a mist glowing with fire by night, 
above all that is glorious, shall be a canopy. I love this verse because, in a way, it's talking about them traveling to see the Savior face to face, and they will experience the things that they traveled with Moses, where they had a pillar of fire by day and a, or a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And this is a pattern in the scriptures of protection over the people Zion or the people that have proved themselves worthy to see the Savior face to face and traveling together in this protected environment, you know. This also, uh, you mentioned there's both a gathering in both Zions, both, excuse me, the both Jerusalems, the Jerusalem and Israel and the new Jerusalem that's going to be established. I like yeah. to go back to this uh, chapter in the Doctrine and Covenants, section 103, where it's very, very similar that we're going to have a similar uh, protection and journey back to the land of Zion, uh, where not only will the angels go up before us, but also God's presence, the Lord's presence. And this was the same thing that happened in the wilderness with the children of Israel. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be an amazing time to be led by the Lord uh, and protected during these travels. We, we can see the reference to this type of situation in Exodus 13, verses 20 through 21, or in Numbers 14, 14. It will talk about this uh, protection of cloud and fire, you know, like even when Moses went up upon the mount to receive the Ten Commandments, uh, beautiful protection. Well, if it's anything like my one-time uh, experience, clouds are a protection. It's one thin veil between us and seeing the face of the Lord. And until we're ready to see his face, as you mentioned in a prior podcast, Moses invited the people to see the face of the Lord. And they went to the opposite end of the plains and said, no, <laughs> we're not going to do that. And it grieved the Lord and the people just felt they weren't ready and so I think this cloud allows the Lord to be present without a full display of his glory for, for most people. And also, if you think back about uh, visions of glory and his description as they traveled, as they got more unified as a people and closer together, that they had a protection of this cloud that led them on into New Jerusalem and his description. All right, let's finish up with this final verse, verse 6. It shall be a shelter and shade from the heat of the day, a secret refuge from the downpour and from rain. God's describing this protection as this cloud that travels with them to older New Jerusalem, as we were just kind of describing. I think it's beautiful that the, it shelters them and shades them in the heat of the day, just a, a secret refuge. And I think that the downpour actually can be thought of even more so like in visions of glory that it began to protect them from invaders and people that would do them harm as they traveled um that they could not penetrate this and they became afraid of this pillar of fire at times and uh just a great reference of how God protects his children. And another verse that I love that I don't have right here was, as they left Jerusalem, 
and or I mean, as they, the Israelites left Egypt, and they crossed the Red Sea, and they get on the other side, and they're like, oh my gosh, we don't have water, we don't have food. And the Lord, you know, Moses would put his staff down, and water would flow forth. And then they had manna that came down and fed them, and uh, they were protected, you know, in that sense. But in the last part of that verse on that, and their feet were not sore. And I think that that is a beautiful promise that as they're going, you know, to the promised land, whether it be in Moses' time or our promised land, that there will probably be a blessing of no sore feet and we will have the energy to do it. So let me see if I can summarize everything with a series of uh, statements and and uh, uh, make sure I'm getting it right. Okay, Sean. So we have we have a period in which the Earth is going to be cleansed. Uh, the Earth is moving from a telestial state, the state of its current wickedness. It's going to be uh, upgraded, let's say, to a terrestrial state. And we know from the Doctrine and Covenants, section seventy six, that. A lot of the type of uh, misbehavior, misconduct, sinning that occurs in a telestial world that's allowed to go on will not be allowed in a terrestrial state, correct? Yes. Okay. And so there's a cleansing. And the cleansing begins, as the Lord says in the scriptures, upon my house. So among his people, or those who profess to be his people, is where the cleansing begins, correct? Yes. Okay. And that cleansing continues throughout the earth and especially in these places where the Lord is going to establish his two, let's say, spiritual um, centers. One is going to be in the land of Zion, which we've learned uh, for many, many years is going to be in the Missouri area. And then we also have the old Jerusalem, which still has promises about a great and glorious future. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And so the tribulations, part of what's going to happen is there's going to be a separation between the righteous and the wicked. And the more wicked part are going to be destroyed through uh, what I call the three, kind of the three knockout punches. One is man versus man. There's civil, there's civil and international warfare. Um, there's There are plagues, there's famines, all the things described to... Um, the more wicked part of the people like we read about in the uh, book of third nephi before the savior uh is resurrected we see this this uh, weeding out cities destroyed and things people destroyed people gathering together for protection uh not not of the same faith necessarily but people who want to live in peace and in the americas certainly they want to abide by the the many of the eternal principles that are set forth in the United States Constitution and support that document, which is a separation of powers and limited powers <clears throat> as well on individuals. So there's this gathering going on. And when it actually, says uh, okay. Actually then, at this go ahead, Greg. No, 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 please. Actually at this point we have the servant coming in and organizing these valleys and setting up a a new law and a new constitution in a way that all peoples of the earth will be drawn to because it's the foundation for Christ's church and for Christ coming back. And it's very, very similar to our constitution with just minor changes, but it attracts everybody because of being 
treated more equally and more fairly. And as we've set up this basis and this groundwork for Christ to come, then it'll be a lot easier for us to obey and and form Zion societies. Okay, so as the earth is purified, we begin to uh, fulfill the prophecies to gather and to build uh, Zion, the new Jerusalem. And then, of course, there's been a cleansing of the old Jerusalem, where, where there is also going to be a gathering. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. So, and please. We uh, essentially have three gatherings, you know, that happen. And the last and final gathering, the third gathering, is at New Jerusalem or Old Jerusalem. And the second gathering is where we build these small cities and, and try to live as Zion like people. And the first gathering, in a way, is occurring right now as people are motivated on their own through spiritual promptings to move away from where they're at and to the place where their mission needs to start, however that may look, and prepare at that time. And I'm just assuming that the seven women to one man is simply a fact of the ratios based upon the number of men who have died in warfare or have been you know, judged? It really is. It's um, in fighting for their liberties, being caught by the king of Assyria and, and killed because they obviously will kill men before they do women, but um, in trying to make a statement and trying to do things. But, you know, I see too, we have many more women that are more righteous than men right now, and they even I was struggling at one time and was led upward by my wife and turned around. And so some men just don't get it and fall into traps and snares. So, Okay. Well, this is what Isaiah foresaw. This is what he's being shown by the Lord is going to happen. So we're just simply trying to understand and interpret the words of Isaiah as he was shown by the Lord. And then during this process of uh, building and rebuilding, uh, the Lord is going to be with us. He's going to overshadow us with his glory and his power and protection. You know, in Isaiah 4, verse 2 there, which I translated or felt like we're crop failures and drought, that is true. But in another sense, the survivors that go to New Jerusalem are his fruit and his pride, you know, of his. And so this should probably be more interpreted along the lines of us being his fruit and his glory in that sense. Okay. Well, in our next podcast, we're going to cover the next chapter, Isaiah chapter 5, and uh, hope that this helps to understand the verses of Isaiah uh, talking about where we're going to be at um, following the tribulations or some of the tribulations that are going to occur. Um, anything else you want to add, Sean? No, I think that covers it very well. All right. We'll be back soon with another installment, the next one being Isaiah chapter 5. This is Vision of Zion. Thanks for joining me, Sean. You bet. Bye-bye.